0: between a rock and a hard place. more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray welcome to save the lost at all costs posted by save the lost at all costs inc featuring your sister in christ and humble servant of the lord nina s griffin
1: good afternoon you're listening to save the lost at all costs and you're listening to your humble servant pastor joseph E. terry jr and I'm sitting in for Minister Nina today. So if there is a difference in the tone of the voice, you know, it's not her. But God bless Minister Nina, wherever she might be today. I wanted to get the preliminaries out of the way because we've got a hot topic today. If you want to listen and you want to see us streaming live, you can go to kkvv.com or you can go to save the loss, lv. Dot org, And you can watch us streaming live in the studio. And I said us, but there's only me in here in the studio right now. But I've got Brother Dale over in uh, the room. He's the tech handling everything today. And I thank God for Brother Dale. And I want to give you some numbers. If you want to listen by way of your cell phone, you can do that at 563 999 3194. If you're local, you can call in at 702 650 5588 or toll free at 800 366 8883. So now I just want to let you know that I'm waving at you if you're trying to pull me up on the computer and watch as we stream live, or if you already have that in in progress I just want to let you see that I acknowledge that you are watching and then I want to get to this topic today I definitely want you to call in with your questions uh, I want you to give your input or feedback and uh let's get at it today our topic is simply devastation of clicks in the church devastation of cliques in the church. Webster defined the word click in this manner. One, to make a noise of echoic origin. The second one, though, is the one that we're interested in. A um, It's a small, exclusive circle of people, snobbish or narrow, and then there's a word, kateri, and Koteri has a meaning of uh, a close circle of friends who share a common interest or background. And now there's nothing wrong with that, so I want to be clear uh, on that. Uh, The first thing I want to be clear on is that this is not to intentionally offend any listener or group. Second, if this topic offends you, then you're probably a part of this type of group in your church body. And finally, if you are a part of a group like this, then maybe the reason you're listening to this broadcast today is that God wants you to be the spearhead for dissolving this mindset or this movement. Amen? So we already have a caller on the line uh, before we even get into the body of the discussion. And I'm looking to see who that is because the name is not up there. Did they hang up? Amen, amen. Hello, you on save the loss at all costs?
2: Oh, uh, Pastor Terry, good to talk to you. Uh, I can't tell you my real name. This is Tom. Okay. Uh, but uh, good to hear from you. I love your your uh, your teaching on the stones. I was. Not the Rolling Stones, but the stones. And <laughs> I love Nina, her teaching uh, on Isaiah last week. Okay. And and because uh, I'm still working on my repentance and uh, trying to get to work. Uh, I got a few issues I got to deal with, uh, but I'm still working on it. Praise God. All right. And, and uh, I, I heard your comment on Trump. I, I really... Uh, you can't blame Trump, because this globalist agenda has been going on for a long time in our country, since since the assassinations of the Kennedys and Martin Luther King, and all the way down the line with the Bushes, and now Al-Azhar, the terrorist network that's been pushed by the left.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the look, Arab Brother Spring. Tom, I, I appreciate uh, you know your response to that and your feedback, but I, I'm I'm not blaming Trump for things that he does not say and do, okay? If he said, and if he do it, then I'll put the blame on him. But this today's topic is not about Trump, okay? But I'll be praying for you, okay? Because you said that you have some issues that you're dealing with. I'll certainly be in prayer for you. Amen? Yeah, I need to get with the Bible and
2: really learn more about the scriptures. And But there's other things going on, other new discoveries that are being held back from us. The Jordanian Codex, for one, you know, that they still don't teach the scrolls, the Dead Sea Scrolls, and in all the missing books between the Old and New Testament on the history of the Maccabees and Solomon, King Solomon. We need to learn more,
1: you know. God bless you. Okay, God bless you. Well, we'll certainly be in prayer for uh, Brother Tom, and one of the things that people overlook is that if the books were missing, we wouldn't know anything about them. Amen. When you're looking at the Apocrypha and things that, in the first place, books like that are not inspired. They're not theonoustos. They're not God-breathed. And uh they're historical in nature, and we can't really pin down everything, the content in them, and then guarantee that the history that they are covering and the statements it makes is actually true 100%. So, we stick with the canon, or the canonical books, the 66 books that make up what we call the Bible, and those are god breathe. Amen? But I want to get into our topic today a little further. I made a slight introduction. You know, there's nothing wrong with being a part of a group of people who have common interests. Amen. But when that group is in opposition to the rest of the constituents in an organization such as the church, then there will be big trouble in the body. Devastation, really, is what I'm talking about. This problem isn't one that just occurred because churches have had these problems for centuries. Amen? The apostle Paul addressed this problem with the church at Corinth. The technical term for this type of mindset is sectarianism, and Paul labeled it sin. If we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 13, it gives us a just of what Paul was addressing here at this church in Corinth. Here's how it reads. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now I'm reading from the New King James, and that's for the listeners that may be using other Um, versions of the Bible and uh, I want to make sure that nobody's confused verse 11 now we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 now we're reading verse 11 for it has been declared to me concerning you my brethren by those of close household that there are contentions among you verse 12 now I say this That each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Verse 13, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? We need to consider this. We need to consider what we're reading here. Because Paul is making it clear that there is a problem. Now, here's the response to what we just read. In this passage, apparently, Close household consisted of a prominent person in the Corinthian church who had written or came to visit Paul in Ephesus to tell him of the factions. In the church. Now, it's not known whether Chloe was a a man or a woman. Amen. And I got this uh, information from uh, MacArthur's commentary. Now, the first issue in these passages that is clearly seen is that the people were divided. That's in verse 10. We got a problem. When the church is divided. And there's individuals and those who make up these groups that we call cliques that make it their mission to keep it that way. It makes no sense to me why. Because we know that when we are all joined together and we have the same purpose, and we have the same mind, not only are we going to be stronger, but we're going to be successful in spiritually growing, and then we'll be successful in reaching those that are outside of the body of Christ and bringing them in. So it doesn't make sense to me why people would, their motive would be to keep the church divided. That us-against-them mentality, which makes no sense since we're all supposed to be of one mind and one body. Amen? The second thing I want to point out is that people were contentious. And you see that in verse 11. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brother by those of closed household, that there are contentions among you. We got a problem. Because contention really deals for someone who is quick to argue. And it's not always a fussing and fighting type mentality. Sometimes it's a mindset, we are against the establishment type mindset. And you have individuals that have this mentality, and I'll get into it a little bit further later on, but I don't see how they could think that would be helpful, not even in their own spiritual growth, but in the spiritual growth of those that they are around, and namely those who may be on a lower level in terms of their understanding of scripture and Christian ethics, because that's really what Paul is dealing with right now. Not just a theological mindset, but an ethics mindset. And we, as a church, man, we've got to pull it together. We can't operate like this. The third thing I want you to see is their focus was on men and not Christ. It's easy for me to compare myself to some other person and a person possibly who's less uh, well off, you know, who has less or who's less capable and make myself feel really big because I have something that that other person does not have. So now that puts me in a superior position rather than comparing myself to Christ, where I'm going to fall short every single time. See, I don't understand in the body of Christ, we have individuals with this kind of mindset. Because that's not edifying anybody or anything. That does not build up the church. Definitely does not build up the person. So we have a problem and we need to deal with it. I'm talking about devastation of cliques in the church. Because we have individuals who are part of these groups and sometimes the members of these groups are not really aware of what impact, negative impact, it is having on the body as a whole. And you can see what I just shared in uh, verses 13 And uh, verses 12 and 13, let me read it. Now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, talking about Peter, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Paul. See, the bottom line is, is that our allegiance and our praise, our loyalty, ought to be Christ-centered. Not centered or directed toward other men. And when I say men, I'm not talking about the male gender, I'm talking about mankind. It's a new term I'm using. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 14 and 15, you'll see Paul addressing those who are looking to find fault with him. But check out his exhortation to these people. So if you're in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, let's look at verses 14 and 15. I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius. Verse 15. Lest anyone should say that I had baptized in my own name. And see, here's the thing. Paul's saying, look. You know, the mindset that you have. And and what I mean you, I'm talking about individuals with this cliquish mindset is that you're looking to find fault and to point it at someone. And that alone is a sin. We ought to be looking at how we can build people up, not tear them down. Paul says, look, you're not going to find some kind of glitch or find something you can use to discredit me. You see what he's saying right there in verses 14 and 15. And we have a caller on the line. I'm going to take this call. Hello, you on Save the Lost at all costs.
3: Pastor Terry, Sister Nina, how are you, man of God?
1: How are you doing, Minister Nina?
3: I'm blessed.
1: Praise God. to
3: you. Still working towards what we need to be working on. And I really appreciate what you're talking about today. But, Pastor, uh, I would also like to say that the church is for believers. And there are a lot of people who name drop, who have a form of godliness, and have no desire to be a part of the body of Christ. So we who are our believers have to understand things are going to come in. We should not be asleep. We should expect it. It's like having a checkup, their wellness visits, so that you know where you are in your body. You need to make the necessary adjustments. So I'm not dissuaded by an invader or a perpetrator, a poser. The Word of God tells me that they will be false teachers, they will be false brethren, and I will be able to know them. So it's very important that we understand that you're going to be tested Amen. and you should be able to give the proper response. And don't think that this is strange. Are we going to be able to run our race? Are we going to be able to keep the faith? Just because someone swerves in front of me or cuts me off does not negate the goal or the mission or the destination that I have to get to.
1: Amen. Amen.
3: So I expect certain things to happen and if they're exposed then praise god
1: well we have some individuals who want to set up their own kingdom
3: i receive that <laughs> amen
1: but the word,
3: but the word of Christ, it, was, it was it was going to happen this has all been prophesied in the bible it talks about these type of people uh james hits on it uh peter hits on it definitely uh jude hits on it um the Apostle Paul, at the end of his uh, missions, you know, when he's uh, about to be martyred, he calls Timothy and Titus and encourages them again not to be dissuaded or discouraged by these type of people. You know, you have all always taught us in Galatians. You know, you foolish Galatians, who have bewitched
1: you Amen. about Amen. you know
3: heretic doctrine, and it happens. So are we into a personality or are we into the Word of God? And so it reflects our our character as to how we respond, you know, because we need to respond properly. And uh, if we have some issues and God has pointed out to us, then thank God that we have an opportunity here to adjust it because when we die, there will be no more adjusting. I appreciate what you're saying. I love it. Keep it up and thank you for being a wonderful mentor and friend and more so than that, a servant of God.
1: Amen. God bless you.
3: God bless you more. Love you, Pastor.
1: Love you, too. Bye-bye. Amen. Amen. You know, I still have people telling me that they don't need what I'm teaching. I'm teaching over their head and all of that. You know, it 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 baffles me how Scripture Gives us instructions on that very issue and that topic, okay, of uh, instruction or didactic uh, dispensation, if you will, and and there's still folks say, well, I don't need to know all that stuff. Well. Maybe it's not a matter of foreknowledge, but maybe it's a matter of for function. Because to go back to where I was when I responded to, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 10 through 13, and I gave a response, and, uh, and I gave you, uh, two, uh, issues that were being addressed um, and then I gave you that the third one was that uh, uh, you needed to see the focus of these individuals that are part of these groups being on men and not on Christ. Um, but I didn't give you the final uh, part of that particular issue that we were dealing with with the uh, divisions and the contentions. Um, here's here's, here's the, the final part of that. Too often people look for the fault in others rather than the positive aspects of a person's life or ministry. They are skeptics at heart. And I know somebody out there saying, well, what do you mean by that? Keep listening. Look. What I mean, watch this, um, is rather than looking for the good in people, they are always looking for something negative so they can write the person off as being worthy or unworthy of their respect and honor. Now I don't get it why anybody want to operate like that except for the fact they want to make themselves look good, feel good, or or big, over somebody else. But if an individual would compare themselves to Christ, they would see that they always fall short. So they're not that good. They're not that big. They're not that accomplished. We all need to do that self-satisfaction survey thing. okay? Because uh, some of us are believing our own press. And that right there is what get us in trouble because then we start to thinking that we are bigger and better than somebody else. And the truth of the matter is when God looks down from heaven, he don't see bishops and he don't see pastors and he don't see ministers and deacons and ushers and all of that. He see his children and then he see those who are not his children. It's really that simple the playing ground is level for everybody when God looks down from heaven. Here's the motive for this discussion. Critics are people who look for flaws in, in people. They bring it to the attention of that person so they may be able to change their attitude and behavior. Often it is the person themselves that are approached, but not in every situation. In some situations, it's brought to the attention of another person and maybe they will approach someone and say, look, I have observed and i discovered that you have these impulses and that might not be a a fun thing the person who receives that information might be offended but if it's true what they need to do if the shoe fit they need to wear it and then they need to do something to take action to address the issues they have But that can't happen unless somebody approaches them out of love and and bring it to their attention. Not go and talk to other folks. Not go and shoot them down to other people. But go to them and point it out to them. And then give them opportunity to make changes with that attitude, that behavior, those actions, whatever. That's the way we ought to operate as believers. And there is scripture for that. We can go to Matthew 18. I'm going to go there right now. Matthew 18. And there's some of us who know this. We know about these, this passage, uh, these passages over here in Matthew 18. But uh, we think we can do things better and do it on our own terms. But if we, we we're in uh, Matthew 18 and at verse 15 it says, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. Verse 16, but if he will not hear, take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. So now you have a mediator. Verse 17, And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Now, you just got the instructions on how to address issues with a brother or sister if they have sinned. But if this is not about them sinning and this is just about you don't like their personality or you don't like the choices that they're making or you don't like whatever they're responsible for you don't like the way they're carrying out their duty, their ministry duty or their duty to the church and, it, and, and you would like them to do it your way. Now, that is not a legitimate reason to go against somebody. And if you go in and bad mouthing them to other members rather than dealing with them directly, you're not really trying to help them. You're not really trying to solve the problem you are creating another situation to where now you want to alienate them from those other people and that is the devastation of cliques that is devastating now earlier i mentioned about certain types of individuals being skeptic being skeptics at heart now here's my position on what skeptics are Skeptics, on the other hand, we know the critic is pointing out uh, a critical issue that need to be addressed and corrected. Skeptics, on the other hand, are always looking for flaws in people. Because rather than correcting the problem, they would rather eliminate the person from the equation. So let's just get rid of this person. Or uh, let's not have anything to do with that person. That is not right. That's not biblical, but that's how individuals who have this mindset operate. That's wrong. At Corinth and many of our churches today, we have individuals who are comparing themselves to everyone else instead of comparing themselves to Jesus Christ. Moreover, the problem with these types of people is that they are never looking to resolve anything, but. To compare themselves to the next person, and of course, they are always superior in their own minds than the next person. We must know our limitations and seek to grow spiritually. See, that's the key. Because when we grow spiritually, we don't do this kind of stuff. But we must know our limitations and seek to grow spiritually in those areas where we are limited. Because we are all limited. I don't care how great you are in what you do or how great you think you are. We all still fall short of the glory of God. So every day of my life, I ought to be working on how to be better in my Christian life. My Christian lifestyle. The way I treat others, how I deal with others, not taking petty things and using petty things to build a case against somebody so you can write them off. There's something wrong with that. There's nothing that you can find right. And the only way that I'm really going to grow spiritually is that I've got to be in God's word and not just be in the word. And, and and read the word, I got to apply it. It has to be a practical application. If I'm not applying it, if I'm just doing it for knowledge sake and it's not really going to change how I operate, I'm wasting my time. and I'm wasting the time of those who are looking at me for guidance because I guarantee you somebody is looking at us all at all times. For guidance, I'm going to read a couple of passages and then I'm going to take this call. Thank you for your patience, caller. I'm in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And here's what how it reads. I'm reading from verse 1. I'm going to read a couple of verses and then I'm going to go down to verse uh, 15. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 2, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Verse 15, here's how it reads. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I like the King James um, Version when it comes to that verse there where it says the uh study to show yourself approved under god a workman that need not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth but in essence it takes spiritual growth for us to change that attitude and behavior i want to take this caller right now hello you on save the loss at all costs
4: Praise the Lord, Pastor. This is Elder uh, Thomas. It's really nice that you bringing it up in these days and times because, like you was reading in the Scripture in the Corinthians, they had issues like that uh, before, and then the basic foundation that had been laid in Paul was addressing it, and it's good that you're addressing it in these times because, you know, the wheat and the tear is gonna kind of, uh, always, you know, uh, grow together. And the Angel of the Lord is gonna separate it. But you know when to come to pastors. Uh, It's good that you're addressing it, because I believe what pastors have to do when you have this division and stuff, you have to call meetings and address it just like Paul, because we're supposed to speak the same thing, speak the same word. Ain't nobody got no special revelation, but the revelation, you know, that God gave us through John and then in his word. And that's our foundation. If we stand on that sometime, you're going to have difference. Independence and stuff, but you just stand fast and I encourage you, and, and, I'm, and it's beautiful that you're bringing it up. Well, uh, I appreciate you, uh,
1: um, Pastor, Pastor Thomas. No,
4: I'm uh, Elder.
1: Elder Thomas. Uh-huh. Okay. Exactly. Amen. Well, again, uh, when God looks down, He sees us all on the same level.
4: Yes. Amen. Yes. I encourage you to do your job.
1: Amen. Praise right. God. Thank Praise you for God. calling. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Amen. That was. Uh, a breath of fresh air to hear from another man of God. And you know that he is receiving what's being said. um, And he's right. We do have to come together with people. Those of us who are in positions of leadership. You know, uh, he said he was an elder. I know I've been a part of some churches that were elder led. In other words, whenever someone uh met with the leadership. They didn't just meet with the pastor, but the elders were present as well. Um And there were pastors that I have known in the past that when they met with anybody concerning issues involving uh the local church body, and that would be the one that God has placed them over, that they generally would have the elders to sit in on it because they didn't want to give the impression that they were going to try to give all the answers, because no one has all the answers. And that's one of the things that I think, when it comes to the devastating part of the clicks is that you always have one or two individuals who set the tone for what the rest of the group is going to believe, and sometimes the information that they are passing on is faulty. You know, and a lot of it can be assumptuous. It can be, you know, that they're assuming things. And, you know, assumptions can be faulty. And often what happens is that information is passed on based on faulty assumptions. And then before you know it, you have stories that are created. You have actions that are created that never took place. You have things that are being talked about that are being Perpetrated that really never happened, and then you've got a mess, and that's what the devastation of cliques in the church causes a big mess. Now, of course, the next person, and I'm talking about, I'm picking up where I left off earlier when we're talking about individuals who are comparing themselves to everyone else instead of comparing themselves to Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, the problem with these types of people uh, that are are never looking to uh, resolve anything, but, you know, just to compare themselves to the next person. And, of course, they always are the superior one in their own minds than the next person. But here's here's the thing. Also, that makes it such a devastating thing. Of course, the next person always falls short of what these individuals believe to be the standard. And of course, they are the one who set the standard. So they're always right. Anybody else bring something to them and say, Well, look, a brother or sister, maybe you need to stop... And look at this from another level, or you know, look at it from another aspect, you know. Uh, but the deal is, is that there is no other; it's theirs or none, and that's not right. Because Scripture really tells us to examine ourselves. If we look at, uh, I believe it's Second Corinthians thirteen. And I'm going to turn there because I want to make sure that I'm not having one of those uh, memory issues today. And uh, I want to make sure that I'm giving you uh, the proper uh, passage and the proper address. So in 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, it reads, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. Now, Sister Nina spoke earlier. said not everybody in the house is a member of the family. She was really saying that not everybody is really a believer. My prayer is that those who are not uh, get on board. More so, I really hope that they're seeking to do good so that they can be a blessing to the others that are a part of the family or a part of the body. So that is what my prayer is. And we have a caller. Let's take this call. Good afternoon. You on save the loss at all costs.
3: Hey, Dad, it's me.
1: Hey, Janelle.
3: Hey, just wanted to let you know I was listening, and um, it's just good to hear you back on the radio again.
1: Well, praise God, praise God. Uh, sitting in for Minister Nina, you know, and being uh, at my post today, really trying to be a blessing to those listening. I'm glad you called. Glad you're listening. Know I love you deeply. And uh, that I'm praying for you. And, of course, uh, I don't know where the rest of those siblings are, but I'm hoping I hear from them. And uh, everybody in Radio Land, this is my baby girl that's on the phone. And, of course, uh, she has uh, my three grandchildren who are some tremendous individuals in their early age. I know that they're going to be great soldiers for the Lord. Amen. Thanks, Thanks Thanks for calling.
3: Thank you, Dad. I appreciate you.
1: Keep listening. God bless. Bye. Well, that was my baby girl, Janelle. And um, glad to hear from her. Glad to hear that they're listening. At least I know at her house they're listening. And prayerfully, this will be a blessing to them. So at least they have the instructions and they know how to proceed praise the lord looks like that uh, we have another caller on the line and uh, this is daughter uh, number one she is the oldest good afternoon you'll save the loss at all costs
3: hi this is one of those siblings
1: Well, calling in well good afternoon jamie
3: Good afternoon, Father.
1: Good to hear Enjoy- your voice.
3: <laughs> you too, enjoying um, your your message today.
1: Amen. You listening, huh?
3: I'm listening. Well, praise and it, God. It's true. There's those those clicks and all of that. We've all been through those. It's not just you know in the the older you know older clicks. There's clicks all the way down in the the kids. The Bible study. Kids Bible study. <laughs>
1: Amen. 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 Well no. um I'm glad you're listening and hopefully this will, you know, uh give you some insight on how to deal with this issue uh at mm-hmm. your place of worship. And uh I forgot to tell Janelle to tell Randall hello, but uh they're still listening, so hello son in law. And then uh tell Dennis hello. I will do that. And, uh, no, I'm praying for you guys and I love you. Thanks for calling. We love you too.
3: All right. All right.
1: Bye. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to get back to the topic at hand today. You know, uh, if we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, that gives us some real insight on this issue that we're talking about devastation uh, of cliques in the church today. Um, so we're back in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and we're going to be looking at verses 18 through 25. So verse 18 here's how it reads. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Verse 19, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Verse 20, Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom. Verse 23, But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. Verse 24, But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Verse 25, Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Verse 26, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Verse 27, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the thing are the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. Amen. I went on and read a little bit further because the Holy Spirit told me to keep going. Verse 29, that no flesh should glory In his presence. Verse 30. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Verse 31. That, as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Now that's the message. I just read you verses 18 through 31 instead of 25, but that's the message that we can't glory in ourselves and what we've accomplished and what we have amassed material things or, you know, uh, how big our name is or, you know, how big the dignitaries are that we sit amongst and all of that. All of that means squat on Judgment Day. And some of us are operating under that premise that is what I have and, it, and it's who I know or it's what I know you know I'm like this I make mistakes I don't get up every day and make it through the day without some blunder and it's not intentional now sometimes it is sometimes I just outright operate in the flesh and I don't operate in the spirit and when I do there's a blunder I, I screwed up but there are often times when I had the best intentions and uh, being five minutes late I, 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 I was almost put on a cross for an appointment being five minutes late now it wasn't my intention to be late but here's the bottom line It's what is in my heart and how I carry it out. I still have to function in a capacity that gives encouragement. I can't function in a means by which I chastise somebody or I'm not just being critical so that I can help them to get better. But I'm trying to annihilate the character or make them look like that they don't even belong in the body of Christ or that they are out of position. I need to encourage and do that positively and in love. Now, to move on, the ecumenical or the universal. Communities of churches are supposed to be operating with the uh, like-mindedness. But sometimes we disagree. Now, there's going to be disagreements. We will disagree. We can agree to disagree on some matters and issues. Like anything else, whether it is our households, educational institutions, places of employment, or our government, because they're disagreeing in the government. There will always be times when we disagree. The problem isn't our disagreements. The problem is our willingness to put aside our pride and ego and just get back to the business of being one body and one spirit, serving under one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, and being committed to the God and Father whom is above all and through all and in all of us. You can look at Ephesians 4 Verses 4 through 6, if you want to see what I just was telling you, because it's there. Based on what we've covered, clicks in the church is devastating to the spiritual growth of current members and the numerical growth of the church. Often this is the reason why churches aren't growing, although they may have all of the resources and tools to work with. beloveds let's change this i want you to take into consideration all that you have heard today and if you're one of those people this is not a put down or beat down this is not a way of demeaning your character or anything else maybe you're not even aware that this is what you're doing but if you are a part of a group and this is the type of things the things that I covered the division the contention the contentious contentious spirit you know bucking the leadership being rebellious the pastor got to an answer to God not to me that's how you have to think that God straightens people out not us we give him his word We serve and we do it as an example. We don't do the type of things that would have individuals uh, with a divisive mindset or with contentious attitudes and behavior. We model what we should be teaching people to do in reference to walking in Christ and living a Christ-like lifestyle. So, beloveds, let's change this attitude this behavior let's get rid of the factions in the church body let's all come together let's sit at the table put our issues on the table and then leave it on the table at the feet of the lord and let him be the one to straighten individuals out we're coming down to the last few seconds of this program, and I just want you to just be blessed in your Christian lifestyle. Thank you for listening, and save the lost at all costs. God bless you. <laughs> Why don't you bless this ministry? Yes, that's right. Bless.